Well, ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas and thank you all for being here. My name is Tom Switzer. I'm the Executive Director here at CIS. I'm going to save all the jokes for our guest speaker. I want to say a few things to start the proceedings. I do hope you like our Christmas cards. This Christmas card here was from last year. Um, Anton Emden, whom I commissioned to write, uh, to draw cartoons and illustrations for The Spectator. As you can see from that one, it was all about uh, Santa Claus saying ho, 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 and all the elves saying, you can't say that, uh, I've been trigger warned, um, all of that. And it brings to mind something that uh, Lionel Shriver, the distinguished British-Australian novelist, she was our special John Bonython lecturer this year, both in Sydney and in Melbourne, and she made the point, that, and this is a point that we've been making at CIS for several years now, there are certain subjects that can't be discussed now without inspiring hysteria. And uh, she would know because she's been subjected to the most vicious abuse imaginable. The other cartoon, which will go on the screen very soon, is also by Anton. This is our Christmas card here. It's about polarisation and it's talking about how you can't quite see it from that angle, but... The whole point is that uh, a Labor and the Coalition, if you're seen with someone on the other side, uh, you're, de you're demonised. And uh, this goes both ways. I think the polarisations become increasingly toxic in Canberra and we try to stand back and distinguish ourselves from that toxic polarisation that all too often characterises public discourse in Canberra. But I have to say it is much worse, much worse, the polarisation in the United States and, of course, in Britain. And I'll just give you an example. About 12 months ago, maybe 18 months ago, uh, President Trump's press secretary, uh, you may recall her, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she and her friends went to a restaurant called Red Hen in, uh, in Virginia. And the restaurant owner made a big song and dance and said she disapproved of everything that Sarah Huckabee Sanders represents. Uh, she was refused service and she was told to leave the restaurant. And the restaurant manager, her lady, the lady's name was Stephanie Wilkinson, uh, she told the press, and of course the press treated her as a modern-day Rosa Parks, uh, <laughs> she told the press that the restaurant she represents has certain standards, quote, that I feel it has to uphold, such as honesty, compassion and cooperation, <laughs> except... I'd add towards people who don't share the restaurant owner's views. <laughs> and I think, in fairness, the polarisation, uh, the leavers, the remainers in Westminster, it's frankly just as bad, if not worse. And we have an election on Friday, our time, and all the available polling evidence indicates that Boris Johnson's Conservatives, their poll numbers are coming down. Corbyn, who's a socialist, the Labor Party won't win a majority but it's not inconceivable that there's a hung parliament and that the Labor Party under the socialist Corbyn could do a deal with the SNP and the Liberal Democrats and form government. So imagine a socialist Jeremy Corbyn in number 10. I don't want to depress you this Christmas, but um, for all our politicians' flaws in Canberra, it's not so bad, is it? I want to talk briefly about Christmas. This year we had the great pleasure and honour of hosting Simon Heffer here at CIS. Now, Simon is a distinguished British historian and a newspaper columnist for more than three decades. He's a very dear friend of mine and he came here to talk about Boris Johnson and Brexit, among other things. But 20 years ago uh, this month, he wrote a column in the Daily Mail in Britain 
And this was in response to, among other things, a leading university lecturer branding snowmen as, quote, racist, sexist and capitalist. <laughs> a council in inner city London asked shopkeepers, quote, not to display festive decorations for fear of offending non-Christians. Extraordinary, isn't it? So Hoffer, Heffer replied, quote, and just bear with me, none of us feel remotely offended when Muslims, Jews or Hindus celebrate their own religious festivals. So why should anyone fear they object to ours, especially in a nation where the clear majority are Christian? The way we respect the religions of others is a key to the truly tolerant society we all know exists. Heffer argued, for the minority who feel guilty about being white and Christian, Christmas is a great opportunity to try to make others share their self-loathing. <laughs> the danger is, Heffer says, that in their hatred of everything, from men to the free market, Western history and culture, the middle classes and family values, the zealots come to be taken seriously. Heffer, and I should stress Simon is an atheist, he concluded, we should celebrate Christmas this year and every year as we always have and ridicule those fanatics who'd like to stop us. That was Simon Heffer in the Daily Mail 20 years ago talking about Britain. That was 20 years ago. Now, I could go on, but I'm going to let our special guest talk about nanny state and the mentality of the nanny state in this country. Uh, Stephen Schwartz is a very dear friend of CIS. Uh, he has been a senior fellow here for the best part of two decades. He's originally, like me, from Texas, uh, but uh, he's now one of us. He's an Australian, like I am, and he's been a very distinguished vice-chancellor at many universities around the world in Britain and most notably Macquarie University, and I'm pleased to welcome him here today at CIS to deliver the 2019 Nanny State Awards. Thank you very much, Tom, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. As you've heard, my name is Stephen Schwartz, and it is my honor and privilege to introduce the finalists for this year's much-coveted <laughs> Center for Independent Studies Nanny State Award. Now, the nannies, as we like to refer to them, go to the most absurd, ridiculous, bizarre attempts by governments to mind your own business. Now, with the entire government working for us, there are always many worthy <laughs> contenders for the nannies, and it's hard to choose. This year is no exception. There's a tsunami of busybodiness that's flooding the country and inundating, in fact, the whole of the world. And you have to know about it. In one country after another, plastic bags, the free ones, are disappearing from supermarkets. Apparently, the ones you pay for don't hurt the planet. Um, we know that monkey bars are being taken out of, uh, out of playgrounds because the kids might get hurt. And now kite flying is not allowed at the beach. I'm not sure what that's about. You may not have heard this yet, but sugar is a poison. It's vanishing from school tuck shops. It's being removed from bakery goods in the bakeries. 
the supermarkets are hiding it sort of in the bottom shelves. It's only available now from bootleggers. You know, you need, you need to take some cash, go down a dark alleyway, meet somebody, give them cash, they give you a little plastic bag, and it's got white powder in it, but it's sugar. I have it on excellent authority that in the new version of her famous song, Mary Poppins advises that a spoonful of quinoa helps the medicine go down. You know, I, I could be wrong. I, I might not be right, but it seems to me I detect an air of levity in this room. You know, it may be even frivolity. And I, I'm going to ask you for proper decorum. I mean, this is really serious business. Authorities all around the world have become adept at using health and welfare regulations as a cover for their nefarious paternalistic plots. Uh, my wife and I, we stopped in a pub in Fort William for a drink. It was one of Scotland's exceedingly rare fine days. But sadly, we were prevented from taking our drinks out to the garden because neither of us had completed the certificate course in transporting glasses across <laughs> the threshold. Yeah. Now, one of the amazing things about the nanny state, those of us who study this have noticed, um, is the kind of whimsical and capricious nature of the rules. Um, and uh, it's often impossible to guess what's okay and what's not okay. So Chicago has lifted its ban on foie gras. New York has implemented one, right? <laughs> Sacre bleu, no foie gras for you. Um, Denmark ditched its tax on sugary drinks because it didn't do anything. Um, Malaysia's just implemented one. Um, visitors to Amsterdam can share a romantic interlude with one of the friendly Dutch ladies who welcomes guests from the windows, but they cannot smoke a cigarette afterwards <laughs> because the Netherlands has banned smoking indoors. Unless, unless the substance being smoked is marijuana, <laughs> in which case it's fine. Right. Now, can we find equally strange, bizarre, stupid, and ridiculous examples back home in Australia? Well, you're about to find out because now I'm going to introduce the finalists for this year's Nanny Award. Now, for third place, the judges, who struggled long and hard on these matters, um, had a tie. They could not distinguish. So we have two in third place. The first is the city of Bunbury. The uh, city of Bunbury is located about an hour south of Perth. A few years ago, the water supply in the city of Bunbury was identified as having the highest level of methamphetamine of any town in Western Australia. Now, methamphetamine can mess around with your mind, and it can cause hallucinations, delusions, all sorts of problems, which may explain why the Bunbury City Council has decided to ban mermaids from the city swimming pool. These mythical creatures, right, subject of male fantasies for many centuries, uh, apparently present a danger to other swimmers, especially young ones, because they've got these giant tails, you see, with muscles, and, and they go bang and knock the kids over. Okay. Now, some cynics, yeah, there are such people in the world, some cynics suggested that these are not real mermaids. They're actually women dressed up in mermaid costumes. 
Well, the jury is still out on that one. But for sheer zaniness, I do think you would agree that the Bunbury City Council deserve a place on this year's. Absolutely right. Now, sharing a place, sharing third place, in fact, with the Bunbury City Council is whatever part of our vast federal bureaucracy has dominion over the import of Roquefort cheese. You see, former Minister Christopher Pine detected a stink emanating from that part of the bureaucracy concerned with smelly French cheese imports. <laughs> he believes, now this is Roquefort cheese we're talking about, a cheese that was previously banned in Australia for many years until Pine, as minister, personally liberated it. <laughs> he now believes that there is a plot afoot to actually reban the Roquefort cheese. Au contraire, said the present minister, Bridget McKenzie, the government is not doing that. They're just conducting a check to see whether Roquefort cheese is still appropriate and safe enough for very delicate Australian palates. <laughs> So we're eagerly awaiting that outcome of that check. In the meantime, let's move to second place. There, there's an old joke that goes that um, Baptists, strict Baptists, don't approve of sex standing up because it could lead to dancing. Right? <laughs> now, I'm not sure if the New South Wales Department was making that joke or didn't get that joke, but it objected to allowing dancing at the Sydney Fringe Festival for fear of where dancing could lead. Now, I think you will all agree that an anti-dancing stance taken by the police at the Fringe Festival is worthy of second place, at least, in the nannies. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for, I take this out. The winner of the nanny for this year, the first place. And in first place, the Nanny State Award for two 2019 God, goes to the federal government's, I have to get this right, Black Economy Task Force. It wants to limit cash transactions to $10,000, no more. Australians who spend more than $10,000 in a single transaction would face a two-year jail sentence and a fine of, wait for it, $25,200. Don't you just love the 200? 25,200, 25,000, who cares? 25,200, maybe it's an admin charge. According to the government task force, limiting transactions to $10,000 cash would end tax evasion would end money laundering, and would end most crime. I'm a little skeptical. I don't know about it. I'm not so sure. You see, the $10,000 limit only applies to legitimate businesses with an ABN <laughs> who report their transaction. So drug deals, bribes, drug deals, hush money, ransoms, organ trafficking, gambling, none of those are covered by the limit. Yeah. But should you pay more than $10,000 for a new car, off to jail you go. Now, does everyone here agree that this scheme is surely worthy of the winning of first place in this year's Nanny State Award? Yeah. It, 
It contains the one element that all good nanny state winners must have, and that is that the scheme does absolutely nothing to advance its stated goals, right? So it can't happen. So what are we going to do about this? You might ask, what is our response to this creeping paternalism, the growing nanny state? What do we need to do? Well, I do believe we need to grab the moral high ground from the busybodies and resist. We pushed back in New South Wales, and now the lockout laws are being watered down. And every time this happens, the next rollback gets a little bit easier. We need to argue our case with logic and force and data. But if none of those work, I recommend ridicule. <laughs> busybodies hate being laughed at. So I believe it's almost New Year's. We need to resolve to ridicule tyrants, meddlers, nosy parkers, wherever we see them. And with some luck, maybe they'll start minding their own business instead of ours. Thank you very much. Stephen, thank you very much for that. And I think Stephen's remarks about the nanny state are a reminder of, of who we are at CIS. We strongly believe in the principles of classical liberalism. And um, we were saddened uh, a few days ago to hear the news that uh, a long-time CIS friend, um, Jeff Hogman, who'd been an economist, uh, passed away. Uh, Jeff was in his early 80s. And Jeff wrote a paper uh, for CIS nearly 40 years ago. It was in the early 1980s called Free to Shop. And at the time, he was railing against the very restrictive labour laws in, uh, in various states around the country and the Commonwealth. Uh, 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 free to shop uh, in, in, um, in, on Saturdays and then, of course, on Sundays. And then because of Jeff's excellent work, um, he really helped change the tide of not just public opinion but elite opinion. And what we take for granted now, you know, shopping hours on Saturdays and Sundays, that was very much uh, not the thing to do in the early to mid-'80s. But Jeff helped change that. And indeed, uh, Nick Greiner and senior ministers in the New South Wales government who presided over a lot of those dramatic changes in the late-1980s pointed to the work of Jeff Hogman and the CIS. So I think that's an important point to bear in mind as we plug CIS. So thank you very much, Stephen Schwartz. Fantastic work.